again welcome to another writer's bookshelf with of course me david driver and brought to you by as usual what else could bring you such entertainment it's the gingerlicious company presents podcast and an interesting and unusual if you like an unusual start to the uh, to this episode and quite obviously i'm sure most of you will recognize that as blueberry hill the brilliant late great one and only Mr. Fats Domino. That was played, that was performed, if you like, by the Charles Bridge Swing, Swing Band. The Charles Bridge Swing Band, all the way from Prague. Because that is what, is, that's a theme, that's what this episode is all about. Because if you've been on social media and you connected with me in some way, You'll know that me and the good Mrs. Driver have been to Prague about about a week ago, just just over a week ago, when you are listening to uh, to this episode. And wow, what an absolute, what an absolute fantastic, and I do mean a fantastic trip. Um, it's been just one of the most amazing cities. I can't express it enough. And if you are on the if you're, on, if you're connected with me on Facebook, um, absolutely, I mean, I must apologise slightly. I've gone crazy with the pictures and we're, we're thinking, we were thinking of going back this coming October, but it looks like, it looks like it's probably going to be, um, it's probably going to be next next year, um, but probably a similar time, really. What if, I know I've said it, what an absolutely fantastic city. And from a writing um perspective then uh, indeed it's it's just been absolutely brilliant indeed but what i've got a cd i've bought a cd of the charles bridge swing band and we're going to play out with uh, a little bit of uh, char- the charles bridge swing band as well so let me tell you what is happening we went we landed in um we landed in prague and it's just been absolutely brilliant. But first and foremost, I'm just jumping the gun there because I want to say welcome and thank you to all the... Sub- I can't thank everybody enough because we have broke... We've gone through the 600. We've gone through the 600 um, barrier. And Samar Shadad, thanks for all the feedback. We've got part one and part two. That's taking it up, up and beyond, over and beyond, over the hill if you like we've gone over the um over the 600 the 600 mark i'm going to start off on home soil thank you for all the listeners in england scotland goodness me we've got going up like 20 downloads in scotland brilliant indeed and someone someone just keep tuning in in uh, in northern ireland so thank you for that 
again thank you for the listeners in virginia we've also got someone downloading in the czech republic and also someone downloading in poland so brilliant stuff indeed okay that is that is completely out that's over and done with let's get on with prague i'm looking around the studio and i'm laughing because i've it can always tell if we've been to uh, to one of the cities and i have to say if you haven't been to prague what are you waiting for what a phenomenal city it's got a fantastic river we've got the, you can go on some wonderful cruises and we did that went on a night cruise um we also we're doing many many miles goodness me i kid you not and the good mrs driver will confirm this we completed we got there sunday round about quarter past 20 past seven their time um obviously pm um got to the hotel didn't walk that far really just had a very very brief quick look round, and we sort of went down to uh, we went down to to the river not many miles away only two three minutes away from the river a couple of minutes walk down the road over the main road to the river had a look came back found a beautiful steakhouse had a couple of drinks and that was it and on the last day we came home on the thursday um breakfast phenomenal hotel um and we we just basically got in the taxi went to the airport and that was it so we've had monday tuesday wednesday have been the three full main days we've done 36 miles just over 36 mile i kid you not goodness me i think i might be in the paris 2024 olympic games if i uh, if i carry on but it's well well worth it indeed St. Charles, sorry, St. Charles, the Charles Bridge, absolutely um, brilliant. I have to say, one of the first things that I have noticed is, if you like, I'm looking now, I've got a postcard, I bought a postcard on purpose, I'm just looking across the studio, it's on the wall, phenomenal, absolutely, what a fantastic bridge that is, and if you're looking, if you're looking for any inspiration, it's not just like any other bridge. So many brilliant statues of of kings and and saints and people that have contributed, you know, throughout history. I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't been. It's absolutely, it's just wonderful. And if you, I mean, obviously, we weren't there. We wasn't there when any sort of fog or mist is there. If you're looking for that sort of um, gothic that dark gothic feel a true inspiration for anyone writing any sort of horror um sort of dark fiction and i know it's prague but if you're looking for that the equivalent of a victorian type setting that makes sort of sense you've got the architecture it's phenomenal um you know the stonework the statues the river underneath the little restaurants and shops gaze off there because that will truly truly inspire you so many bridges um so go on the river cruise we went on the uh, went on the on the night cruise on the monday night and i have to say this hopefully this will make you laugh we um the food we had a lovely sort of champagne welcome and we, we were a three hour cruise obviously down the river and back and um fantastic sort of entertainment see taking all the sightseeing all the can't stress enough about the buildings the architecture 
and the uh, and the history. And I have to say, whilst whilst I am recording this, um, this is the uh, we got back we got back on a Thursday. So I'm recording this on a Friday. You'll be listening on the uh, you're listening on on a Tuesday. So we had the most tasty. I, I just my mouth is watering now. The beef goulash, and we're actually having it. When I've finished recording this for all you lovely people, we are having it for our tea this evening. Goodness me, I can't believe it. And we've had a little bit of a joint venture because I like to do cooking. I like to cook. So does my lovely wife. And I used to laugh at all these celebrity couples or couples, you know, supposed to be the in thing, people cooking together. And... We have sort of done it together, you know, my wife would dice in the beef and I was sort of frying it off and we've sort of made it together and it's in a slow cooker, so I'll let you, I'll report back and uh, I'll let you know what uh, what that is. So, back to Prague, goodness, I'm all up, oh, I'm just getting all excited, aren't I? Um, bridges, the river cruise and you cannot beat it. We've also seen the astronomical clock which more of that to come. I've got a little book um, on that, so I can educate you on that one. As far as I'm, a, well, not educate you, but tell you a little bit, uh, a little bit more about it. It just is truly, honestly, I'm, I'm back there now. I'm closing my eyes, and, uh, and and I'm back there. I've got 77. I'm not going to read them all out. I've got 77 Prague legends, and the strange thing is, what else have we done? Somehow, somehow, I've got this sort of thing for trams. Don't ask me how it's come about. On a, the similar thing relates to my wife. She's she's not a religious person as such, but she has fallen in love with with some of the churches, and I have to say they are some of the most beautiful, gorgeous, jaw-dropping churches that you will ever ever see. So my good lady has a thing for um, churches, and don't ask me what um, how how my sort of thing, if you like, for trams has um, has sort of come about. I just it's such a relaxing city. If you've been if you're in the UK, you probably might some of you live in might live in London or visit London on a regular basis. Um, where I'm based or where we're based in Silsden, we're about twenty miles from Leeds. So we've been to I've been to Leeds and go to the city of of York. And I've been to Birmingham and plenty of cities in the in the uh, in the UK. But Prague, it's so relaxed, it's so friendly. What anything wrong said about it at the moment? It's such a lovely city, um, and the cars and trams obviously are going down the same roads. And I'm sort of just thinking how how sort of everyone gets on with it. No. Um, shouting or road rage or silliness and yeah and, it, and it's busy and the touristy for the trams are there and I'm, I'm just having a coffee and I'm looking and some of the modern trams are there but it's the old sort of style or the oldest sort of style and they are the white the, the white and red or, or maybe a more of a creamy colour and um, absolutely just really relaxing to watch them I don't know why um, you know going over the bridges and at crossroads and you could be having just a nice coffee and talking and just taking the city in. So I really love the, the trams. I've bought myself a little model of a tram. You can all laugh now, I'm not bothered. Um 
I've actually enjoyed it. We've been to a, we've went stumbling, we didn't actually stumbling, a lot of jazz clubs um, about. Sadly, we didn't actually get in to see the full sort of uh, performance, but we will do a lot of good jazz bars there, lovely cafes, um, just really friendly people, some nice beer, gorgeous food, um, and the museums, St. Wenceslas Square. Just you can just see so many things and be inspired for poetry, story writing, um, short stories, novels, plays, and anything you want. Really, I've have been inspired. I have actually penned a couple of, uh, I've penned a couple of uh, of poems, and I'm probably going to share with those with you at a later date. I've written um, or penned a couple of poems on on the plane. Can't believe I've done that. Um, one obviously trams which is a work in progress and one called concrete which is not related to prague itself i was penned on the plane and i don't really know where that uh, where that one uh, came came from so what we've done is we shall i'll just i'll tell you we'll, we'll kick off with with let's kick off with the astronomical clock um if you get yourself to Prague, you have to see the astronomical clock. Um, so it's just a straightforward little book, and we've had a um, we've got across there. We've had a look at it, and every hour it chimes, if you like, on on the hour, and all these magical things happen. Um, so I'll just say a little bit about it. It tells us on the i've finished this book but it's just need to get yourself there the most frequently visited monument in the historic center of prague the old town or prague astronomical clock is rightly considered the best preserved medieval astronomical clock and why is that what times can be read on its astrolabe since when have wooden statues of the apostles made their prominent uh, promenade on it? What historic, um, historic symbols do the stone statues conceal? Why did the alleged creator of the astronomical clockmaster um, have to be blinded? And this book is all about everything in there. I'll come back to the the horrific tale of of, of the guy being blinded. You can hear the pages. Um, you can hear the pages. So what I will say is, um, it's got every day hundreds of people gather before the south side um, of Prague's old town hall and wait for the brief moment when death rings his bell and two tiny windows open up. In them, at a height of 10 metres, statues of the apostles rotate for a time of 40 seconds and then the windows closed close the rooster flaps its wings and crows and the spectators applaud a performance inextricably connected to the prague or old town astronomical clock it truly is magnificent and i'm sure some of you um will know what is happening i'll get a little bit more information for you about it i'll just tell you a little bit about this just bear with us um it was made um 
it was just let me just let me find this little bit there it, tell me my pronunciation here might not be the best it goes on to say for many years master um, hanus was considered to be the one who made the prague astronomical clock in 1490 and this date came from a clockmaster jan Tobersky, who improved on the clock in the years 1552 to 1572 and described its technical aspects in much detail in his report um it goes on to say um new evidence was found at the start of the 1960s uh, a clock book with a name on it um Mucilas, um is the maker of the astronomical clock it's fascinating stuff just let me get to this little bit there um okay it says there okay time and astronomical information on the prague astronomical clock time and astronomical data are focused on a surface of three meters in diameter with a fixed astrolabe and mobile 24 inch ring in front of this the zodiac ring rotates and today the prague astronomical clock shows four types of time okay oh check or in brackets italian time so it tells us the start of a new day is counted is counted from the setting of the sun it is marked in golden gothic numerals on the outer separately controlled clock ring and the golden hand shows the present position of this time the 24 ring oscillates over the course of the year so that the golden hand always points to the number 24 at the moment the sun goes down okay now you've got german time local marked in golden roman numerals along the edge of the astrolabe it is pointed to by the sun hand the divisions is made in the german manner from the time when clocks had only one hand the prague astronomical clock has displaced has displayed sorry german time since the mid 16th century and is the only one in europe today that shows both times at once now planetary time or unequal time this is counted from the rising to the setting of the sun the golden lines on the clock face indicate the 12 blue fields with the arabic numbers 1 to 12. time is read at the center of the sun symbol on the blue field it was used in astrology and the table with the rulers of the hours is no longer part of the astronomical clock okay side real side real time this shows the current position on the star field above us the difference in rotation of the sun symbols and the zodiac is one day per year the side real times is shown on the star uh, of the zodiac ring at the point of the spring equinox extended to the german scale side real times is used today by astronomers it truly is magnificent so what i would urge you to do it's fascinating um a fascinating book indeed now i've also been i would go and see that what it's talking about the you go into the square and there's always magnificent buildings and magnificent castles 
and you think, wow, it really is out of this world. And when it talks about the uh, about the uh, the 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 devil, little there's a skeleton, he's, he's pulling on the on the chain and sounding, you know, sounding at the time, and all I say, all these sort of figures are moving. As such a massive crowd always come there to uh, to see it. It's brilliant. Now we did go. We went on a ghost walk on us last night there, and um, and that was also connected because what I do know is I'm not, I'm not going to go into great detail, but I will move over to it's in the '77 Prague Legends that the um, um, the clock is obviously there and it's functioning and. It, it, tell, it tells a story in in some short stories in the 77 Prague Legends and the lady leading the uh, ghost walk um, on the Wednesday night went into that in a little bit more detail and we visited or went, went didn't visit was outside the house where the the guy who created the uh, created you know, invented made the the astronomical clock um, used to live and um he was actually blinded it's true is that where i suppose if you look at it as competition and in europe and what if this person makes another clock and what if this person does that and the town councillors um the story goes where the town councillors met without the you know without talking to other people a small group of people met small, small group of men met and decided that the only way um to stop him making any more to blind him which is quite sort of horrific really but you can read more if you want to uh, if you want to find out and the ghost walk it does link in what i did like when things came together is um obviously the astronomical clock is obviously history and i'm i'm reading up on that and surely there's some brilliant uh, sort of uh, connections inspiration to uh, pen you know to write some poetry write some short stories but we did find a um we did find a, a, a gorgeous bookshop and it's quite strange which some of you may laugh at this it's strange to uh, sort of go into a bookshop and you have to go to the foreign language obviously the foreign languages the foreign language section what i have found is um obviously i've got the book on. It's just a basic introduction to the astronomical clock. Also got uh, 77 Prague Legends by Alina Jeskova. And I do apologise if my pronunciations are just a little bit rubbish, shall we say. Okay, on the back, it really... And as I said, some of these stories did link in to the ghost walk. I think I... Um, about seven or eight... Uh, ghost ghost stories uh, you know tales of the supernatural and such like on the tour and I did, I did relate three of them you know to the book here so it's quite good brilliant indeed it, the synopsis on the back says Prague a city with a thousand years of tradition a city where you encounter history at every step the pavement under your feet the walls of the houses churches and palaces you pass the squares and hidden corners and all imbued with a fascinating past you may often not even begin to suspect prague abounds in folk stories and historical legend and myth 
some recorded by ancient chroniclers, and some collected, more recently, by enthusiastic scholars. 77 Prague Legends is designed for all visitors to Prague who love to listen to mysterious stories. Most of the 77 Prague Legends concern buildings and places that still exist and can still easily be found using our maps, which clearly mark the sites and settings of the tales recounted in this book. 77 Prague Legends is more than just interesting reading, for it can inspire you to explore for yourself the romantic and intriguing monuments and sites of Prague. And finally, it goes on to say that Elena uh, Jeskova, born in 1966, is the author of many popular educational books about Prague and Czech history, and she has won several awards for her work. So, brilliant stuff indeed. And what I do like is when you get to uh, get the pages again, can't you? Um, it goes in, obviously, if you know Prague or, or you want to know a little bit more about it, well, the old town, um, Tales from the Old Town, Tales from a Lesser Town, uh, New Town, and the Jewish Quarter. And I have to say, talking about the absolute fascinating history, we went to the Jewish Quarter, met some lovely people, um, you know, talking to some people on, on the markets in some of the shops, um, really friendly people in deed um and again everything i'm talking about i've, I've put some things up on the uh, on social media just a fascinating uh, fascinating city indeed and tales of golems uh, or golem and stuff like that you can go to the old the old synagogue you can have guided tours it's a wonderful place indeed this really is something for uh, for everyone there um there's so many um tales I'm, I'm just going to and what i do like in this book um and what really tickled me that's a good saying isn't it it's so you take the old town uh i'm just looking at the pages now There's like 28 um stories in obviously one to 28 uh legends or you know, ghost stories relating and a little map it's a very basic map obviously numbered one to 28 but Believe me, it is quite sort of easy to navigate yourself around about. You've got the main street and the river. Um, it's Vltava, um, and it's it's got the river, and obviously you've got the various bridges, which are obviously so easy to find. And uh, you know, the Charles Bridge is uh, is probably the most famous, and you can't miss it. Anyway, it's got two brilliant towers on it, either end. And actually, even though I think we've got this book. And I bought this book maybe a couple of days in, and you sort of get to know the town a little bit. Not all the back streets and things like that, but the main streets, and the, you get to know some of the landmarks, and you've actually been past some of the statues, and possibly been past some of the, the buildings. And obviously, you look on the map, 1 to 28, and you can relate to them. So it's it really is, you know, it, it goes on. Um... And I've probably said enough about the old town astronomical clock. The stories, the story is in there. Um, there's also a story 
I mean, the stories about the clock, or a story about the clock, there's a story about beheaded um, Bohemian lords, um, and that leads back, or that links in to uh, Christianity and, uh, you know, religion, really. Um, it's, uh, th you know, things about bell towers. Is th there's all, they all link in. Um, I'm just going to share, just, just bear with me. Because there's one, there's one, I won't share that one. Right. Um, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll share, I'll share this one. And it's called the Severed Arm. Um, and it goes like this. I'll give you a little, a little taste of it. It says, inside the church of St. Germs, St. apologise, goodness me, St. Germs. Inside the church of St. James, to the right of the main entrance, a blackened human arm hangs upon a chain. A plaque beneath it tells a remarkable story. One night, a thief hid in the church when the doors were locked. He had his eye on the precious jewels that adorned the miraculous statue of Our Lady on the altar. But when he reached her, when he reached for her pearl necklace, the statue suddenly grabbed by the arm. Its grip was so tight they had no way of escaping, try as he might, and had to stay by the altar until morning when the verger found him. Help was summoned, but to no avail, and nothing could pull the thief's arm free. In the end, the executioner had to be called to cut the thief's arm off. The severed limb then fell off itself from the hand of Our Lady and it was hung up on the church wall as a warning to others. The culprit spent some years in prison and when he was released, he begged the monks in the St. James Monastery to take him in so that he could atone for his sin by serving them. And rumour has it that they accepted him um and i shall just um okay th there are some longer ones but right i'll share this one the veil given twice for love okay during the reign of the emperor and king charles iv they lived in prague a burger called rotlev you'll have to go with my pronunciations he owned a rich gold mine in jilova and so for many years he prospered with his wealth he prospered and his wealth increased but then the miners began to report that the veins of gold were dwindling they tried to dig deeper and in different parts of the mine but their picks struck only waste rock and not a grain of gold rotlev nonetheless believed that there was still enough of the precious metal somewhere in the mine but alas the months went by fruitlessly and little money was left for further prospecting the burger had to sell part of his property to pay the miners for another week and then another month of work and the money kept vanishing without any gold appearing rotlev was downcast and worried but still sure that there was more gold in the mine he would lie in bed, sleepless, 
and the gold would hover before his eyes. Great glittering gold veins, cold veins of gold in cracked walls of rock. One day it became clear that nothing short of a miracle would save Rotlev from beggary. The house had been mortgaged, the furnishings and valuable articles sold off. Rotlev had nothing left to sell. If only I could pay, pay for just one more week of mining, he said to his wife with a sigh. She loved her husband dearly and was grieved by his suffering. She went into her parlour, opened a chest and took from it the last valuable object that remained in the house. It was a veil embroidered, embroidered with gold, which her husband had given her as a wedding present. Rotlev was reluctant to accept the veil, for he knew how much it meant to his wife. But she simply smiled and said, Sell it. Once you gave it to me for love, and now I give it back to you for love. Even if you lose everything, there is no reason to despair when we love each other. We shall get through somehow. Tears came to Rotlev's eyes. He warmly embraced his wife and hurried off with the veil to find a middle man. Three days passed as the miners continued work. On the morning of the fourth day, a messenger came to Rotlev from Jilova with the news that they had hit a golden vein in the mine, in the mine, and no ordinary vein, for the deep, for the deeper the miners dug, the more they found. Rotlev was saved. With the first money from the mine gold, he bought back his wife's wedding veil back from the middleman, and the new vein was so abundant that within a year, Rotlev was even richer than he had been before. People began to call the lucrative mine the wedding veil, after Rotlev's wife's loving gift. Rotlev had a grand house with a beautifully ornamented Gothic Gothic real built in the old town. Years later, King Wenceslas IV acquired it for Prague University and, under the name of Carolinum, it is still the seat of the university today. Brilliant stuff indeed. We've got things like and 77, as I've said, and I may well share some more. So we've got things on the lesser town. We've got the Hunger Wall, True Love, the monk with his head under his arm, the fiery skeleton, um, the skeleton with a nail in its head. I've actually read that one. It's brilliant. Um, and what I did, I'm just sort of randomly sharing stories. It, this book is just one of those brilliant books where you can just dip in and out. It's quite obvious. It's a bit like probably a poetry book, if, if you like, if you look at it like that. Obviously a novel you're going to read all the way through, but you get to dip in and out. Um, and they have read the skeleton, the skeleton with a with a nail in its head and the fiery skeleton. Um, I sort of did that. I've, I've we've got back now, and oh, since we've got back, should I say I've been I'm reading them, reading them in order. Um, I sort of dipped in to find out what's happening. We've got, you've got the executioner's sword. Um, also, um the chateau in golden lane um the mirac the miraculous golden lamp we've got um popping cast we've got um the treasure the founding of prague 
the water goblins uh, pride gold in a dirty rag the devil's stones are all um it's such an absolutely brilliant book so that's 77 prague legends and i do hope if you get a chance to read it please do one thing that we did discover as i said such a wonderful wonderful city indeed and we more or less we, we are going back because we've discovered um i don't think i think if you you can certainly see many many things if you have three four days you know four days in prague you're gonna see a lot but can you truly see everything visit everything maybe not and so on the final day of all on, on the wednesday before we came back um we went to the side of um charles bridge just inspired me to go back to go back even more because what i've done is i bought one of the little the i get the dickens classics over here little sort of small pocket box with it with the gold leaf edges i love them I seem to buy a lot from whitby and so I'm right, I'm over there, and I bought um, Franz Kafka, um, well, The Trial by Franz Kafka. I haven't read it yet, possibly some of you have. Um, and it's telling us now, without having done anything wrong, he was arrested one morning. And it says, on the morning of his 30th birthday, a young bank official named Joseph K is arrested, although he has done nothing wrong and is never told what he's been charged with. The trial is a chronicle of his fight to preserve his innocence. It is an account ultimately of state-induced self-destruction presented in a nightmarish scenario. The um, persecution of the outsider and the, and the incomprehensible machinations of the state. Kafka creates a maze-like prose to mimic the bureaucracy, bureaucracy of the early 20th century Germany so that we too experience the fears, uncertainties and tragedies of Joseph K. And if you don't know about the man in question, Franz Kafka, um, I'll give you a little bit of information. It says Franz, um, Franz Kafka was born in Prague in 1883, the son of a self-made Jewish merchant. He trained as a lawyer and worked in insurance. He published little during his lifetime and lived his life in, relatively, in relative obscurity. When he died in 1924, having suffered from tuberculosis um, he, for many years, he bequeathed the mainly unfinished manuscripts of his novels stories letters and diaries to his friend the writer max broad with the strict instruction that they should be destroyed broad ignored kafka's um, wishes and organized the publications of his work including the trial which appeared in 1925 it is thought broad's efforts that Kafka it is through, I do apologise, it is through Brod's efforts that Kafka is now regarded as one of the greatest novelists of the 20th century. Absolutely 
brilliant, brilliant stuff indeed. So I do hope that you have enjoyed this uh, sort of edition of this edition of the writers, the writers' bookshelf, brought to you by the Gingerlicious Company presents. And um, once again, I can't thank you enough for all your support. And feel free to share and tell your friends about it, so to speak. And um, just dip into all the uh, other episodes if, if you feel like doing it. And thanks again, all people in, in Virginia and Prague and, and people in Scotland and all, and all over the place for, uh, you know, for tuning in. And I just couldn't really resist um, sharing a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of uh, Prague with you. So if you haven't read the uh, the trial by Franz Kafka, please do so and you know get yourself a copy. If you haven't been to Prague, go and visit and get yourself seventy seven Prague legends. You never know the astronomical clock. It is all there. If you wanted to get in touch or you want to find out a little bit more of me, then please please do so and you can go to my website, which is David Driver Author. Dot com. So once again, thanks for listening. I will be speaking to you on the uh, on the next episode. We started with a little bit of chat the of Charles Bridge Swing Band, and we're going to finish with a little bit of Charles um, Charles Bridge Swing Band. So this is when you are smiling. Thanks for listening, and I'll speak to you all later. Goodbye for now.